Next, we have Mike Wood from Obsidian Wines across the ditch in New Zealand. Good morning, Mike. Thank you for joining the show. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me. So we're actually having traversing the world. So, Mike, it's actually that you're coming off the back of a rather interesting interview. I, I just had uh, Joel Palouse, who's the brand ambassador for Chateau Pomot, and um, uh, a, a lovely Frenchman, and uh, obviously talking right. a, bit, a bit Bordeaux wines. And uh, it's a lovely segue into what your focus and philosophy is at Obsidian Wines, which is about Bordeaux blends. And of course, you're now you're doing far other varietals, but um, but the original focus was Bordeaux blends. Uh, so can you tell us your story, where where that uh, where that French focus came from? Yeah, sure. So the, the vineyard here at Obsidian was planted in 1993. And um, Bordeaux, Bordeaux style reds in New Zealand were really, really popular through the 90s. And um, Obsidian had been planted really with the the sole focus of making a fantastic Bordeaux-style red. Um, things have changed a bit. Um, <laughs> a bit. While we're still making, making Bordeaux-style reds, we're, we're also, uh, <coughs> also producing Syrah, Blondie Porciano, and... Yep. Mike, we got you? Yes, Hello? Sorry, you Hello? Hello, yep, no, 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 I can hear, I can hear. Just sounds like you're moving around a lot, that's all. Oh, okay, the signal's terrible here, sorry. That's okay. Yeah, so what well, I saw reds are um, something that we, we still really pride ourselves on. <clears throat> Um, and we're, we're making three different, three different Bordeaux style reds at the moment. The Obsidian, which is our our flagship blend. Yes. And uh, two others. One's a Cabernet Franc dominant blend, and uh, and the other's a Merlot dominant blend. Okay, I feel like I'm. I keep kind of losing you. Um, okay, so, you, so you've got so you've got the three different blends. So even though our listeners are, I think they're pretty pretty aware of what a Bordeaux red is. Can you explain a little bit more of what the makeup is? What varietals? What sort of percentages are used? Yeah, sure. So the flagship blend is generally always Cabernet Sauvignon uh, with with lesser lesser components of Merlot, Cabernet Franc. Sativa, Doe and Melbic, and, and that varies from year to year slightly, based on based on the season, and uh, and, and how we think those uh, independent blocks are, are looking. Right, right. So, uh, could I ask, uh, what, where does the Obsidian name come from? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question, Jill. The Obsidian is. Um, <laughs> It's a, a, a rock essentially that was found in the vineyard when it was originally developed. Uh-huh. Um, obsidian actually comes from. It's not uh, uh, not produced locally or not um, not formed locally, I should say. It um, it comes from Mare Island, which is an island off the coast of the Coromandel Peninsula. Uh, but local tribes used to travel to Mare Island and uh, and and bring this back. It was quite a a, a, a prized, um, prized stone, and, and it was used for uh, producing knives, uh, implements, um, 
but it's got this beautiful glass-like luster to it, and it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's a, a very deep black colour. Um, so there are there are elements of, of that that we think sort of reflect the wines that we're making here as well. Right. And so, and your mayor, it's, so the mayor pays homage to the connection to the land and its heritage. Uh, so that, that actually makes a lot of sense. What's the vitreous about? Because they're, uh, the, they're the your three border like, blends, right? Yeah, to be honest, vitreous came about. We used to make a, uh, an estate red, which used to pretty much list all of the varieties that we had on the label. So it was a, a Cabernet Merlot, Cabernet Franc, Tibodeau, and Malbec. It was like, you know, the entire label was dominated by these um, by these bridles and looked more like a shopping list than, than a uh, than a wine label. And so we thought, well, let's come up with a name. And we've been talking about it for about five years before we eventually came up with a address, um, which we were um, kind of forced to. We we're doing a label and run and thought, geez, let's come up with something. Vitreous means. Um, a glass-like, I think it's often a term that's used to describe um, an, an eye, you know, perhaps an opposite. Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, um, and has that, it's, it's a, a shiny glass-like appearance, basically. Um, yeah, so that's the, the, the second label to the Obsidian, which is our flagship. So when was it that you decided to move away from just doing the Bordeaux blends to starting some of these more uh, like Italian varietals and Montes, et cetera? When, when was that? Yeah, so when the vineyard was planted, as I mentioned, the, the, the sole objective was to make uh, one wine off the block. It was going to be a fantastic Bordeaux-style red. And, um, and while we still do that, we, we recognise that the vineyard actually has potential to grow uh, and, and produce other uh, other really noble uh, red varieties and, and really well year in year out. Mm. And I think also um, the, the kind of business model here changed a bit. You know, wine tourism wasn't a thing when I started here back in the early two thousands, and um, and now it really is, uh, and um, become a really important part of the, the, the wine wine industry. And so. We recognised that people didn't want to just drink one wine when they came here. They they wanted to enjoy two or three or, or more different wine styles. And, um, and so, in 2006, we we started producing Syrah. Um, and Syrah is a, a variety that I'm really passionate about. I spent a couple of years uh, working in Brian Valley and um, and, and I just love the variety. Uh, and it does extremely well here. It's it's far more forgiving than the majority. Varieties, particularly Cabernet, yep. Cabernet Franc, growing in the cool club. Um, and, um, and, and it's become a really important wine for us. We, we, we now do a, a reserve Syrah and uh, an estate Syrah, um, mostly year in, year out. There's just a couple of reserves, but um, it, it, does, it does very, very well here. I think, I think the climate here is, um, it is pretty forgiving. It's, um, it's a, a, a I guess it's a subtropical climate that's quite moderate. Um, we're very close to the coast, and um, yes. we get these lovely, lovely coastal breezes come up in the afternoon. But um, the season starts early here and finishes late. We don't have a, a huge heat spike through the middle of summer, uh -huh. but, um, but it's a very long growing season. We're just about flowering now, and, and typically with 
least with Sarah, we'll start with Sarah and, and March. So it's, it's quite a long season. So you actually just mentioned that you're close to the coast. I mean, of course you are, because you're actually on Waiheke Island. I mean, what, what is the actual size of Waiheke Island? It's not that big, right? I think it's about 90 square kilometres. Um, yes, yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's very hilly. It's, uh, I think the highest point of the island is about 200 metres. Um, right. Although most of the vineyards are, uh, are probably not much more than about the town. 10 metres above sea level. Um, yes. Yeah, but it's, um, it, it's, it's quite unique. It's um, the, the Obsidian Vineyard particularly, we're just tucked in by Donatangi Beach, which is probably the most famous beach on the island. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and so from the top of our box, you can, you can look down and see the ocean, um, which are probably not more than about uh, 500 metres away to the closest beach. Um, but, yeah, it's... it's it, it's absolutely fantastic. Great spot to be growing, uh, growing wine. It's it's a very special uh, part of not just um, New Zealand but the world. It's it's again a very exclusive sort of uh, sort of area. So, what's can you paint the perfect picture of a day or the perfect day for someone who's visiting from mainland? How they get to you, what you're offering at your cellar door is to take take us through uh, the experience that we, um someone someone would have visiting you. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I think there's um, from last year about thirty wineries on my um, Sydney is about it's probably about a fifteen minute drive from where the ferry comes in at Martietia. Um And and to be honest, unlike a, a, a lot of the um, more salubrious establishments, the the Salador offering at Obsidian is, is is pretty basic. It's really all about the wine. So yes, we. Um, we offer wine tastings, um, uh, pretty simple food, and um, uh, but, but it's uh, an opportunity to try five or six different wines that we're all grown on this site and um, are, are all very different. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Making Chardonnay, which is um, uh, which is doing really, really well there. Uh, we've been making that for about 15 years now, and. Um, that's become pretty popular, particularly this time of the year, obviously. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we offer tastings from uh, Chardonnay through uh, Tiffany, Montepulciano, Syrah, and, and all those lands. So it's quite an offering there. So you mentioned before, Sarai, you love your Sarah and so do I. Now, there's the age old question, and I've got to ask because it sounds like you're quite a pro with this Sarah versus Shiraz, what's your take? I think Shiraz is uh, an Australianism, isn't it? <laughs> well, we, yeah, um, depends. <laughs> but, but I think it's also a it's also a style thing. But I think what's interesting and uh, is that the the iconic Australian Shiraz it, it's definitely been a, a shift in, uh, in in style. I would say over over the last mm. decade or so, and. Um, I think it's, if we're talking purely wine styles, I think it's a style of wine that's actually become more and more similar to what we're doing here with, uh, with Syrah. Um, you know, we're, we, we like to preserve a, a degree of freshness and, uh, and acidity and, and plurality with our, our uh, Syrahs. You know, they're not, um, 
they're certainly not blockbuster-wise. They have a degree of elegance and, um, uh, and freshness that perhaps 10, 20 years ago you wouldn't have seen so much in Australia. But uh, I'd be really impressed with uh, you know, some of the shirts coming out of Australia in recent years, you know, particularly from the likes of um, Adelaide Hills, Mornington, yeah. um, Yarra. Yeah. yeah, and I think yeah. looking, there's less of a separation between Sarah and Shiraz, I think. Yeah, I, I think I would totally agree with you. And, and to your point, you know, isn't it an Australianism? And I think, yes, yes, it is, especially if it's Shiraz. But, um, you know, I, I think that that gap is closing a bit from the, the new and the old world. And I think some of the uh, the newer world isn't being dumped down as much. I think it's being more embraced, actually. But there, there's a bit, a bit of a culmination between the two. Um, but they both but they both certainly have their, uh, have their place. I mean, some people assume that Sarah is more of the cool climate Shiraz. You know, it says, it says everybody's got their own slight little take. So I was yeah. interested in yours. Um, so out of interest, like what sort of, let's talk production. How many bottles of, of the different, uh, let, let's just talk the Bordeaux blends. What are you producing? Yeah, so the, the what, what Obsidian Vineyard, we, we typically harvest uh, around about 50 tonnes. So um, hmm. the, right. the split between, between Syrah, Syrah is the, the, the uh, most uh, uh, prolifically planted variety on the vineyard um, as a single varietal. Yeah. Um, and it's probably, most years, it's probably a relatively even split, to be honest, between the um, Syrah and Bordeaux blends. The, the difference mm-hmm. is we make three Bordeaux blends, um, and most years we make two Syrah blends. But, you know, they're all, all pretty low production. We, uh, our average pick would be anywhere from a tonne to two and a half tonnes, so really small. And um, we, we keep all of those parcels separately through the process so we can, you know, identify certain characters that we think would work well with the uh, the individual labels that we can see those lines going under. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the both really, really important wine styles to us, I think, um, you know, year in, year out, yeah. we, we seem to get away with producing Pretty smart wise. Uh, yeah, good. I'm, I'm sure know, there's uh, more to it than just luck. Um, yeah, look, I think size is, is a really big part of it. We, um, <laughs> you, know, you hear, the, hear the term used uh, quite frequently in the industry, you know, amphitheater, but uh, Obsidian really is a, an amphitheater. And, uh, it's quite sheltered from the prevailing wind, which is southwest, and uh, mm-hmm. most of it has a, a really good northerly aspect, boost um, from the, the north around to the east. Um, but yeah, super sheltered, and um, and over the last twenty years, racing years, I've been here. We've been really altering the whole sort of tapestry of the vineyard, and what we have access to now in terms of uh, grapevine color material is vastly different to what it was when the vineyard was planted in '93. And so over the years, we've, we've gradually been upgrading clones and um, and trying to get a better balance of what we think works best, yes. you know, with the most recent vintage looking what's what, what the last few vintages for for you guys i know there's been some um some not so great and some great what's what's the most recent one looking like uh, 
was hoping it was the last bit, right? Twenty three was um, was an incredibly difficult year up here. I've been here, I've been on the island twenty years. It was by far and away the most difficult thing that I've, uh, I've I've had to work with. Um, really, to be, it's kind of impacted us in terms of quality. Less so in terms of quality. We um, we made the decision um, to be fairly ruthless this year with harvest, and so we this year we picked about thirty tons. Uh, and not our, our usual 50 of this block. Um, but look, the, the, the wines are actually looking okay, better than okay, to be honest. The, um, the Syrahs, I think, yeah, Syrahs, I think you can certainly get away with a lot more, as I mentioned earlier, than you can the Bordeaux. Um, they're probably slightly more elegant than they would usually be. But, um, but they're, they're still typical Waiheke, and, and they have this lovely florality and, um, and freshness about them. I think that should be really well received. Um, the Bordeaux, uh, the composition of the Bordeaux blends will probably be slightly different this year. We we were really happy with Cabernet Franc. Particular Doe was, was good, as was Melbourne. Cabernet Savignon mm-hmm. was, was hard work, and so we'll probably yeah. feature less of the blends from 23. Um, but what we've got looks good. Um, there's certainly a, 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 a big contrast from the previous four years, 19 through 22, were all outstanding years. Um, if anything, probably almost too hot and too dry. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, amazingly concentrated wines um, and pretty well balanced. Good, um, that's what we want. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, so yeah. Okay. Good. Well, so your actual um, understand that uh, one of your wines, I think it might have been one of the Bordeaux blends, are going to be tasted at the Real Review dinner that uh, Hugh and Hook will be hosting in Melbourne at Entrecot. Uh, I think it might be Tuesday week on the fourteenth yeah, right. of November. Yeah. So um, so that so which is it the is it the Obsidian Bordeaux blend? That's going to be no, it's not. The it's the um, it's the mayor, uh, the mayor from the mayor, right. 2020. Um, so yeah, Cabernet Franc, dominant blend. It's um, it's a, it's a bit of a peculiar blend to be honest. It's uh, Cabernet Franc, Petit Malbec, and um, it's 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 a blend that came about from a, another beautiful year actually, uh, from 2011 uh, was the first year that I made it, and um, those three varietals. Um, Performed really well. Uh, we right. put together the flagship blend in 2011, and um, we left with these really good parcels of, of those three varietals. And oh, we can downgrade them and uh, and put them in a you know in a in a, in a, uh, a lower tier wine. And so we we played around and um, came up with this blend, and uh, it's been really well received. And uh, I think really sort of exemplifies what Waikiki can do with. So, uh, yeah, that's why we'll be showing the uh, We hope it's what we see. Well, 
I tell you what, I think anyone who's fortunate enough to get to that uh, dinner, which I am going to speak about uh, very shortly, um, will be yeah, will be able to taste that. I'd love to. I'd love to taste that there. So look, Mike, thank you so much for your time. We've just just uh, just going to have to move on now. Well done um, on producing such incredible wines, especially under some rather significant um, different cult vintages. Um, you're really making quite a name, and um, I, I have tried a couple of yours, but I haven't tried the mare and I haven't had the obsidian, and I would love to. So uh, keep up the good work, mate. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for having me.